shout of praise and a hand clap of worship as he comes. Amen. Let the Lord use him. Let's preach with the preacher today as he ministers the word of the Lord. Come on, we could do better than that. We celebrate the presence of the Lord. We celebrate the word of God and what it does in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's continue to do that for just a moment while we're feeling the presence of the Lord. Oh, we can do better than that. We have come to feel the presence of God and to see what He will do. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. If you'll just stay standing for just a moment, I'll try to make my, my comments brief. But uh, it's so good to be here. I have been... I and my wife, it's so good to be here, and we have been just overwhelmed at uh, just the goodness of God as we behold what the Lord has done for you right here at Rock Island. I was talking to uh, someone just earlier today, unless you have seen and watched from the beginning, um, it's almost like watching a life that you see uh, some success begin to build in their lives at 30 and 35, but uh, unless you've seen what they were like at 14 and 15. Aren't you glad that people don't remember, at least they give you a little bit of grace, that they just don't think of you as when you were 14 and 15? I'm, I'm thrilled about that. But as you see what God has done over the years, truly overwhelming, and to see and to feel what we feel in this house this morning, this is just the beginning. This is only the beginning of what God has begun to do because we know that he that hath begun a good work in us will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God. I appreciate your pastor, pastor's wife, and family so much. I think if there's anything that so speaks to me is that they just, of all things, desire to feel and to be in the presence of the Lord. Everything else is just, that's just inconsequential. But we want to be in the presence of the Lord. And I, I'm so thankful for that kind of hunger because they just kind of take us with them into the presence of the Lord. Whether it's singing or preaching or leading an altar service or whether they're by themselves, they just want to be in the presence of the Lord. And I'm so grateful for that. We love them dearly. They are so uh, precious and their labor in the kingdom of God. They've been so faithful. We just couldn't say enough. That's all right. Let's just, let's honor the Lord for them. Amen. Praise God. It's good to see uh, both your parents here. Uh, uh, sister, I started to say, Sister Brown, uh, uh, you, I remember when I saw your mom coming up the aisle, it just reminds us when we were, uh, you were taking a little European trip with your family and my wife and I, we were in Venice and we ended up at the same time. <laughs> Who would have ever thought? <laughs> and we'll leave it there. <laughs> but it, uh, we just uh, I have loved you ever since. It's always good to see you. God bless you. Brother and Sister Brown as well. Just your parents are in the building. They have family. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you all. And uh, actually, Sister Malcolm Haney, which we call Monica, is my wife's cousin. 
So who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? And Claire and Hannah and so uh, Brother Perry, you married into family. So I, I somehow, somehow we're connected some way. I, we'll figure that out down the road. But uh, so knowing knowing all of that, I feel at home today. So if you'll just let me be myself, and you'll promise to be yourself. And we'll just come and expect God to do some great things. I believe some good things are in store. Amen. Praise God. Book of Matthew chapter number 16, if you would. Matthew chapter 16. Verse number 18. For emphasis, I won't read the whole verse, but we don't want to negate it. We'll get there in just a moment. But the first part of the book of Matthew, chapter 16 and verse 18. The, I, I want to brag on you just a little bit as well. You did so well with the, with the service yesterday. You did so well. The way you set up in the foyer, uh, you, you do things with excellence, and I commend the refuge for that. God bless you abundantly with excellence. Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. I will build my church. I'm going to preach for just a little while on this subject. Underestimated. Underestimated. Lord, I thank you for your good word. I thank you for what we feel in this house right now. For your spirit. For, for what you have already done and accomplished. For uh, what we know that you are going to do. We praise you and thank you already. Lord, lives have been changed throughout the years. And Lord, we are only a testimony to what you can do through in us. For we, like Paul, can say, I am what I am by the grace of God. I pray that same extending grace work in the lives of your people today. And Lord, we will lift our hands and our hearts in faith, knowing that you will accomplish eternal good. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everyone said, Amen. Oh, everybody said, Amen. Clap your hands one more time before you're seated. Hallelujah. And you may be seated. Jesus was introducing a new concept, one that, one that even the disciples did not fully recognize. The word church is only mentioned twice in the Gospels, and this being one of those occasions. that they, they, were, they were a little unaccustomed. They weren't quite sure what that church would look like. What they were used to was the kingdom being established through a bloodline. It was the Israelite nation. And to participate, to, to fully engage, you needed to be a proselyte. You had to uh, disavow anything that you were born into, and now you were a proselyte 
Jew. They didn't know what the concept of church was even all about. To the place that the Apostle Peter, the one that preached the, uh, the day of Pentecost message, he did not even believe Gentiles could be saved. He, he was surprised at the fact when uh, Gentiles in the book of Acts chapter 10 received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He didn't lay his hands on them. I'm not so sure that he would have. So in spite of his hesitancy, the Holy Ghost was just already poured out upon them. And Peter was astonished that on the Gentiles also was poured out the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the concept of the church that day was even expanded. For he saw that they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When, when Jesus mentioned the church, I will build my church. I, I can imagine the, the disciples as they look uh, just puzzling, questioning one another. You could see it on their face, the furrowed brow, the, 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 the pause. The, maybe Bartholomew put his hands on his hips and just kind of wagged his head a little bit as he, with self-reflection, what is Jesus talking about? Uh, I, I imagine that they tried to question among themselves and then I find a little bit uh, disclosed when Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter number 10, he said, I'm going to send you out as lambs among wolves. Now, I, I, I don't know, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't entice me much. Lambs among wolves. And later on in, in Matthew chapter 10, he said, uh, he, he talked about being harmless as doves. Uh, if this is our mascot, I, I don't know, I, I think about mascots, about bears and lions and eagles and jaguars and fierce and ferocious, but lambs and doves, I think I'll choose another team. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It, it doesn't sound very intimidating at all. As a matter of fact, not only were the disciples trying to get a, a handle on what this church was going to be like, but I just got a feeling that in the sidelines, in the bleachers somewhere, there were some demonic forces and even Satan himself. He kind of he smiled. He, he wasn't quite sure, but he, he smiled a little bit and said, that sounds good. Lambs and doves. And he underestimated. He, he, was, he was pulling it all together, trying to take in what Jesus was describing, this this church that was going to be built, but it, it doesn't sound like much to me. I, I just recently, now I, I want to, in full disclosure here, as I use this illustration, I don't want us, you've got to be careful when you use a military uh, illustration, and recently as Russia invades Ukraine, let's not forget that there are still brothers and sisters and churches in Russia, we not only pray for Ukraine, but we pray for Russia as well. Because there are some Russian nationalists, some citizens and saints in Russia that are under the tyranny uh, of a Vladimir Putin as well. So we pray for both. So this isn't this is not a political statement, just a just an illustration. But I I read uh, in the Atlantic Council on 
uh, February the 22nd. Uh, and, it, and it read like this, Russian Vladimir Putin has made a terrible miscalculation. When he launched his full-scale invasion of Ukraine on February the 24th, 2022, Putin apparently thought that it would be possible to wage war specifically against the country's political leadership. It appears to have fallen into a deep trap of believing that, like Russia, Ukraine ex exists with a largely passive population, lambs and doves. Putin thought it would be relatively simple, a task to just walk in and to immediate, remove just a few key leaders from U the Ukrainian leadership and then take over a country. Instead, he now finds himself at war with an entire nation of 40 million people. Putin has made a very simple, uh, a single enemy from the Ukrainian nation itself. During the first five days of the conflict, he has learned a painful lesson that the Ukrainian society is far more capable of mobilizing our collective strength than any citizen of an authoritarian regime could possibly comprehend. And so from the very beginning, the staff at garbage sorting stations, they began to retrieve glass bottles and then later use them as Molotov cocktails. Metal workers are busy constructing anti-tank obstacles for thousands of checkpoints. College students gather in a dank uh, apartment someplace as they wage cyber war on Russia's uh, internet capabilities. Just college students and metal workers and just, just the normal everyday citizens, they, they came to war. I, I, read a, I read a little story about about a woman. I, I thought it was quite interesting. It was Her name is Valentia Kostandinova. She's a 79-year-old great-grandmother. This great-grandmother, while, while most of the Ukrainian citizens were offered to leave peacefully before war really waged, she decided that she would stay. She picked up a rifle. She gathered it. She went into combat training with the other young men. And she said this, I'm ready to shoot if something happens because I'm going to defend what's most important to me, my city, my home, and my children. I think that, that Vladimir Putin sorely underestimated the citizens of Ukraine. But that's not really what I've come to preach about tonight. Because I believe this, I believe that, that though the, the, even the devil said, Paul I know, and Jesus I know, and he was speaking to those that didn't have a, a real relationship, but as he looks to the church, he will identify a few key leaders. But what I really believe today is that he sorely underestimates the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he thinks he's just waging war with some lambs and some doves. But little does he know that he's not coming to church today because when he does, he's going to find a prayer meeting going on of maybe some unknown soldiers that know how to wage war as we call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, he underestimates the church. Those... I feel the Holy Ghost today. Come on, I, I, not to take one thing away, but if the devil would take out just a few key leaders, I'm telling you the church is dependent on more than just a few key leaders. It's my, it, the church is deeper than that. I'm going to tell you, here's what Jesus said. Of, of all the prophets, there's none greater than John the Baptist, but the least in the kingdom is greater than he. I'm going to tell you, he's underestimated you. He underestimates your prayer. He underestimates your faith. The church is strong. The church is vibrant, and the church will succeed in this last hour. Somebody ought to clap your hands and magnify the Lord with me for a moment. I think that he woke up. I think that he knew he started to believe that he was having some struggles and a, a little bit of problem because when he began to take out some key leaders, the Bible tells us that there were those apostles that were chosen by Jesus in Luke chapter 6. And there were 70 also, but he went to work in that early church. Those that were martyred among them were Peter and Paul. They were they were. Uh, crucified and beheaded by Nero himself. Andrew, called by the Lord, crucified in Greece. Thomas was pierced through by soldiers with spears. Philip was cruelly put to death. Matthew was martyred, just a tax collector, but one of the apostles of Jesus Christ, martyred, stabbed in Ethiopia. Bartholomew, James, Simon the Zealot, even Matthias, he was put to death by burning. It is said that John, he might have been boiled of oil in Rome. And when all of the leaders had been put down and put to death, there's nothing left but the church. But I want to tell you from that day that they were baptized on the day of Pentecost, he tried to take away a few key leaders, but it went from 120. But that same day to 3,000, to Acts chapter 4, 5,000, to Acts chapter 6, a multitude that they could not number. There's an innumerable host. You can't just kill a few key leaders. This church is marching headlong, strong into eternity. I'm telling you, the church is not in trouble. We are the church of Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to clap your hands to the Lord. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, if you're in the church, here's the second part of my text. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I'm telling you, the church is strong today. Come on, magnify the Lord with me a little bit. Magnify the Lord with me a little bit. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. That 79-year-old grandmother from Ukraine. I, I don't know. I just I, I got a feeling that, that, that the devil, he kind of he looks at us from the outside. He just kind of, he just, he thinks it's just, oh, they're just, that's just a, a ragtag bunch of people. You know, uh, you ever see, you ever see that old, uh, you, you go into some place that has a, a bunch of river rock or some stones that have pulled out from a, from a, uh, just a field someplace and that's formed together to make a fireplace and there's just all kinds of stones there and there, no one, n- none of them are alike. Some are oblong, some are big, some are small, but they've been fitly framed together. The craftsman starts to put them together. I'm not talking about bricks. Well, we're, not, we're not all alike. I, have you ever, you ever realized this? The church has some weird people in it. My wife says, uh, of whom I am chief, <laughs> uh, just kind of a little odd. I'm telling you, church is funny sometimes. Church is just a little different sometimes. But after God gets through fitly framing folks together, there's not one of you just exactly alike. That if we were to take one out, there's nobody just like you that we can just shove in that spot. No, 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 no. The church needs you. You're here for a reason. You're not an accident. God has put you in to the body of Christ. But when we have been fitly framed together, we are a strong body. Come here, my, my brother, come here for just a minute. Here's what, here's what they said in the Psalms. I was glad when they said unto me. The Bible talks about them even being compact together. It's called the Hallelujah Psalms. In those Hallelujah the, the hallelujah psalms, when they would be going up, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And when they would come around, they would see that, that the walls were compact together. It's almost like the church being compact together. I, I want to tell you that there's something about, there's something about the, come on, brother, just if you would. Just, just, come on, one more time, come on. Come, come on, right here. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that, come on, that's what, I like the willingness. Come on, stand up. The church, hey, we're not standing on our own. Just hold me up. That sometimes when I fall down or I don't have enough strength and I, I just get a little bit weak, I'm with the church. Come on, when the devil locks me down, I've got a church that just keeps me up. When we get to the house of the Lord, we're not fighting alone. We are a strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Devil, you sorely underestimated this church. You underestimated the power of God in this church. We're not fine. Oh, come on. Somebody ought to magnify the Lord. Devil, I got news for you. We're not down. We're not out. We may get a black eye along the way. We might get a tooth knocked out of way. But rejoice not against me, O oh, mine enemy, when I fall. For I will arise. This is the church. And he has underestimated the church. You quoted the scripture earlier. You said, you quoted Acts chapter 12 when you said that Herod reached out and killed James. 
And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, that he sought to kill Peter also. I remember it's been just a few years ago. Pardon me if you've heard this. I just I think about this even right now. Uh, just uh, in about 2004, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer, stage four cancer, two types of cancer. When I went to the doctor, they told me, you're not going to live straight out. You're not going to live. We don't even have to guess. Uh, my, I had a PET scan that lit up like a Christmas tree. I had cancer from uh, every lymph node. I had it in my skin, my lymph nodes, and my bones. I did, took me two days to do chemo. I'd go in the first day, and they would do spinal taps. I did seven spinal taps because they were running it through my brain. That's why I'm a little funny today. <laughs> Just a little odd. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you, church is funny. And then I would go back the second day as they would spend another day of running a different type of chemo. I did three types of chemotherapy. They said, you're not going to live. We're just trying to prolong your life a little bit. I went through about six months of that and uh, maybe three months of that and did another PET scan to see even if it was working at all, because if it's not working at all, the insurance was just going to cut us loose and say, well, you know, it's not worth it. You're just going to have to live out your days. I'll never forget, uh, I got a phone call from Rush University, and I knew that it was Carlene, the nurse practitioner. Every day that we would go and visit them, we would say, well, I, I thank you for the report, but I just want you to know we've got some folks that know how to pray. We've got some Valentia Costanovas that are 79-year-old great-grandmas that said, well, we're not giving in. We're fighting for what's most important for us. Uh, we're not going to receive that. We're not going to receive that report. We're praying. We're fasting. We're believing God. We told them that every single day. About halfway through, I'll never forget, I got the phone call. That phone call came. I pulled over to the side of the road and even looked at that cell phone as it continued to read a ring because I knew this was going to be the defining moment. I picked it up. I answered the phone. She said, this is Carlene. I said, well, uh, Carlene, I've been waiting for this call. And uh, she said, well, Brent, I, I, I've got some news for you. And I just kind of settled back in to brace for it. And she said, uh, I, I don't know what's going on. She said, we can't find a cancer cell anywhere in your body. Listen now, listen now. She said, I don't know what you folks are doing, but whatever you're doing, just keep on doing what you're doing. I want to tell you, you underestimate what the church can do. You underestimate a little great grandmother that knows how to bow a knee and pray. You underestimate, come on, a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old girl that comes to the altar and lifts a hand and calls on the name of Jesus Christ. Never underestimate the power of a church that knows how to pray. Come on, somebody magnify the Lord today. I was just thinking a little earlier, I leaned over and asked my wife, uh, how old is McKenna? And she said, 10 years old. We have a, a new convert that's just recently come to our Spanish church and uh, pastored by Brother Montalvo. 
and uh, they, they meet in our building as well. And uh, we had a combined service. We'll do that every now and then. It's powerful. And uh, Rosalia, she came up to the altar. And while she was there with her hands raised, McKenna, who is about 10 years old. Anybody here about 10, 9, 10 years old? I, I thought so. I thought, would you just, I, I, I won't embarrass you. Would you stand out in the middle aisle just real quick? What's your name? Andrea? I won't embarrass you, but would you come up here and say, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. <laughs> just like that. All of a sudden, a McKenna, just like Andrea, come up and laid her hands on Rosalia. And you could see Rosalia as all of a sudden something just hit her. It's just the power of God hit her. And after it was all over, Rosalia turned around and said, who is that girl? Who is that? Said, oh, that's McKenna. She's 10 years old. Well, I don't know what her, don't know her, don't know what her name is. But when she laid her hands on me, I felt the power. I've never felt it like I've ever felt it before. I felt something get all over me. I felt the Holy Ghost come out of that girl. I want to tell you, the devil has far underestimated the power of the church. It's not just a few key leaders, but believers also shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, we are a part of the church of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. In the book of Matthew chapter 21, there was some powerful praise that was going on. They were coming into Jerusalem. They were waving palms. They, they, were, they, they were coming, and there were some children that were crying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And there were some that stood around about and said, can you tell them to be quiet? We're worried about what the Roman soldiers are going to think. We're worried about what the world is going to think. And Jesus said, yea, have you never ever read that out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. Have you, have you never read that when they praise he's praising, there's a perfection, he's perfected praise when babes and sucklings come and just uh, children just the, the early, the, the, those that are new, they just begin to lift their hands and glorify the Lord. You know, something happens when we praise God. Something happens. It, it's, it's more than a talent show. There, there, there's something more than just somebody that knows. I, I don't care if you know how to play the spoons. If you do it in Jesus' name, something's going to happen. It, it doesn't matter if all you know is to take a piece of paper and a comb and turn it into a kazoo. If we'll, and I don't do that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not advocating that. But I will tell you this. When we begin to praise God, when the church begins with simplicity to lift up holy hands, Jesus was quoting the book of Psalms, chapter 8 and verse 2. When that psalmist wrote, Out of the mouth of babes of sucklings, thou hast ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. I'm going to tell you, this is more than just a feel good when we sing songs. It's more than just letting goosebumps raise on the back of your neck. I'm going to tell you, when we come to magnify God, it stills the enemy. It puts down the avenger. Oh, you far underestimate the power of 
praise. It doesn't matter whether you like the song or don't like the song. It doesn't matter whether it's slow or fast. It we sang that Spanish song. I, I didn't know what you were singing there yesterday. We do the same thing. But you know what? It didn't even matter whether I knew the words. When they begin to sing, I felt something. I felt the Holy Ghost fall. Come on, don't you ever underestimate. When we come, that's it. That's it, sister. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. When we magnify the Lord, it's like striking a blow. It's like bringing down the gates of hell. It's, uh, it's a victory that comes. When the church begins to pray, somebody ought to lift your voice. Somebody ought to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Somebody's gaining a victory right now. Somebody, come on with those hands raised. It's some victory that's beginning to wave. It's letting the enemy know I'm never going to surrender. It's letting the enemy know I've got victory on my mind. Come on, if you're here today and you need a miracle, it's time for you to step in the water. If you need a touch of God, today is your day. Don't wait until tomorrow. You're in the church. The church is victorious. Hey, I feel something happening right here, right now. I feel God. Come on. We've pled our cause. Uh, we've prayed. We've worshiped. I feel God turning something loose in this place. I feel angels just ascending and descending. This is the house of God. Uh, there's victory in this house. Has anybody been healed in the house of the Lord? Has anybody come to the house of the Lord and had your mind? You came down and depressed. But when you got into the house of God, all of a sudden that depression left and joy began to flood. Come on, can I get a witness? Anybody, anybody bring, hey, this is not an indictment. Has anybody brought you off a bar stool to bring you into the church house and sit? Oh, my, 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 my. God is the God. He's the God that delivers all. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, God's getting ready to do something for somebody right now. I need some musicians. I need some musicians. He far underestimated. He underestimated the church. The devil's underestimating what's getting ready to happen in this house right now. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he'll fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And when that spirit fills your soul, when that spirit touches your life, I'm going to tell you, here's what the enemy will say. Oh, no, there's another one. Oh, no, there, there, there's another one into the church of Jesus Christ. Here's what he said. Go ahead and remain standing in the book of Revelation, chapter number 13. At the close of the book, the Bible says it was given unto him to make war with the saints. He comes to make war with the saints. What we are feeling in our world today, it's just a, it's just a, it's a, it's a physical illustration of, of the anger of the enemy. He's trying to wage war. He's trying to stop the onslaught of the church, the forward march, the progression of the church. There's chaos and bombardments. The Bible tells us that, that, that we need to lift up the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts 
of the wicked. Uh, the wicked, there's fiery darts, there's bombardments, there's all kinds of warfare. But the Bible said a chapter earlier in the book of Revelation chapter 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. The blood of the Lamb, I'm going to tell you, it is still powerful today. The word of their testimony. But I want to tell you, we're living in a day today. It's just like it's just like Valentina Costanova, that 79-year-old, that, that great-grandmother that said, no, no, I, I'm, not taking, I'm not taking a way out. Even if I die, I'm fighting for what's most important for me. They love not their lives unto death. I'm going to tell you where we die. It's not a physical death. I couldn't help last night as I walked back here. I just had to take a peek. I just had to, to look at a baptistry tank because this is where we die. They love not their lives unto death. I want to tell you, there's nothing in this world because when we repent of our sins, we are dying out and we are burying the old man in a watery grave. Listen, don't love this world to the place where we can't fall on our knees at an altar. I'm going to tell you, you really want victory over the enemy? Fall on your knees before God. Repent of your sins. Go to death in a watery grave. But when we come up out of that grave, uh, he far underestimated the power because when we are filled uh, with his life, we are overcomers through Jesus Christ. Come on, clap to your hands. Stand to your feet if you would right now. Hallelujah. I saw the picture. They didn't put his name. About 11 or 12 years old. His mom was with him as they took him into that makeshift infirmary in Ukraine. They carried him in. His head was covered in bloody bandages. It was live. They, they showed it. It was it was on the internet, and as they brought him in and sat him down on that on that gurney, his life weighing in the ballot, balance. Just a twelve-year-old boy. The news anchor was telling the story. He said, "Didn't call him by name. It gave his age. I think it was about twelve years old." Said, "Just witnessed his father being shot. Just witnessed some devastating things around him. And here's a boy whose life was laying in the balance, and he had only one, one just." One declaration, he said, I can't wait till I'm well to get back in the fight. I can't, a 12-year-old, I can't wait to get back in the fight. I'm not advocating war today. I'm talking about something that's higher than that. I'm talking about some of us in this room the devil has taken advantage of. Some of your families have been ravaged by sin and destruction and the enemy that we call the devil. 
But I'm telling you, there's somebody here right now that's saying, I can't wait to get back in the battle. I'm not going to lose my family. My family's not going to die that death. I I'm going to get back in the battle. Come on, you're here right now. You've got something worth fighting for. You you've got something that you're, you're, you've been, uh, you, you need some victory over. You, you, you're here today, and you've got family you're fighting for. Maybe it's even your own soul. You need to get in the battle today. I'll tell you where you get in the battle. Right here. Somebody right now, don't even wait. I've been talking, not I. The Holy Ghost has been talking to your spirit. Why don't you, why don't you get out of your, get out of that chair right now. Come on, get to this altar. You got your family at stake. You, you, you know that the enemy's been taking advantage of your own life. As a matter of fact, there's some habits and vices. I'm telling you, you can get victory over those today. You need victory over sin and hell and some destruction. God bless you. Just keep on coming. The Holy Ghost is going to move in just a moment. Just keep right on coming. Come on, the church is getting ready to make some warfare. The church is, that's it. Come on. That's it. Speak in tongues. Go ahead. Let the Holy Ghost move through you. Somebody lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, church. Let's go to battle right now. Somebody pray over your marriage. Somebody pray over your kids. Somebody trust the Lord right now. Come on. The devil has underestimated what's about to take place. That's it. In the name of Jesus, if you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, lift your hands right where you are. <laughs>